following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Broadcasting from deep inside the forests of Arborea, welcome to Flash Gordon Minute. Presenting your hosts, survivors of the Wood Beast Trial, Brad and Eric. It is minute 99 of Flash Gordon Minute. Good gracious, 99 of these things. Eric, how you doing? Oh, Brad, you loony bird. I'm not bailing out on this podcast. I'm here till the end. Uh, It's just so great. Loony bird, that's awesome. And just the idea that somebody wrote it in a script, somebody said it, and then you had the voiceover guy saying it again. It's like... (laughs) Uh, well, speaking of Looney Birds, what Looney Bird do we have joining us this week? This week we have the host of a weekly talk radio show that's right in our wheelhouse because it focuses on nostalgic geekiness. The host of BK on the Air, BK. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on board, guys. Let me let me say this. You you didn't have to uh, kidnap me in, with under gunpoint and put me on a ship to take me to Mongo. I'm going uh, voluntarily. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, uh, people might recognize the letters BK. He is a frequent poster uh, in uh, our listeners' vortex on Facebook. He's constantly tagging us in his feed. He is a, a super fan, and now he is joining us. Just another lover of Flash Gordon. What what a I mean a, a podcast dedicated to it. I'm so glad to be here, guys. Well, you know, you, we didn't have to kidnap you, but yeah, you know, it's just the fun part. Right. We want to have you the, right. the full experience. So we we have a great minute. We just a great week of minutes. Uh, so much fun stuff, uh, and an emotional uh, sort of exchange between Flash and Voltan. Uh, Flash still can't say Volton. Uh, or like to say Volton instead of Voltan, which has screwed me up my entire life because I never know how to say his name either. Eric, lead us through what happens in minute 99. Well, Volton slash Voltan is uh, trying to convince Flash to bail out, and Flash is refusing to go. Uh, and we get a callback to Zarkov's line way, way back at, uh, when they first arrive at Mongo. Flash saying, uh, you know, this is not suicide. This is a rational transaction. I'm trading one life mine to save the billions on the Earth. Great callback, because and we talked about it when Zarkov said it in the first place. It makes sense, and it made a lot of sense for uh, for Zarkov because Zarkov isn't a necessarily brave character, but he's able to sort of just do the math and do the right thing because it's the only sensible thing to do. And it's just fun that oh, Flash has been paying attention. And, you know, now, granted, Flash would do it anyway because he is brave. He's, he's the hero, but it's just a nice callback, and it, 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 it tracks. And, uh, you know, every now and then they surprise you by showing that they are list- <laughs> The writers and directors and everyone were paying attention. Yeah, I know we like to call out the lazy script writing uh, in the movie, but, you know, we gotta, that means we also have to call it out when, 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 they, were, when they did a good job. And this is good. Setting it up, you know, back in the first half hour of the movie and then uh, here in the climax, pulling it out. Yeah, BK, we have been calling out, you know, the lazy instances of lazy script writing 
Right. We we should be calling out the instances of like clever script writing. I think we all know one list would be longer than the other. <laughs> right. We're talking about the dialogue. There's got to be. You got Brian Blessed actually in a scene with Sam J. Jones here, and and it's got to be some thespian shot going on because you know Brian Blessed did I Claudius, Robin Hood, many films with Kenneth Branagh. And he's the big, got the big. He's the big man with the big voice. Henry V. Uh, uh, he, he's he, he's the king of France in Henry V, and he's an intimidating as hell. But uh, he's in a scene with Sam Jones. You got Sam Jones, who actually had never acted much before, in a scene with Brian. And there's a lot of guys in this film that were great actors, along with Timothy Dalton and Max von Sydow, along with the side of Sam. Yeah, and you know, a lot of credit given to Sam. And we've talked some behind-the-scenes stories, and it does seem like Sam was willing, was eager to listen and eager to to hear the lessons. And it doesn't sound like he came onto the set with a big ego because he was the star. Um, you know, in, I know they talked to, about, you know, Max von Sydow, you know, being willing to sort of be on set when he didn't have to be to give Sam someone to act against and saying, he's like, this is what you do. And, um, you know, a lot of credit given. And, uh, you know, Sam Jones' acting style is uh, sort of rudimentary. But he has so much charisma and um, such a great presence, and his sort of wide-eyed um, style is perfect for this movie and this iteration of the character. So, you know, he's not the most seasoned actor on this set, um, but, you know, it, it gives him a great sort of uh, someone to bounce, everyone else to bounce off against. And, you know, it's these is some great minutes coming up with him, because uh, this has got to be tough to act. Because you know that the, there's a lot of uh, Star Trek acting where you're just sort of like moving left to right to give the impression that the uh, the ship's under fire. That's right, and it works beautifully here. You got the ship on fire. Flash and Bolton have to get have their having their conversation. Uh, theatrical tricks of showing uh, the danger. It works beautifully. The fire on the set, the shaking of the camera, like you said, like Star Trek lights flashing off set, and that camera pan in in that shot in, in 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 the same shot all of that cutting to the shielded mongo city and another insertion of flash from queen it's classic it works here uh beautifully in the scene uh eric i don't know about you i got goosebumps when i, I just heard him sing flash it's like yes <laughs> you can't you, you you can't be a fan of this movie and not every single time you hear freddie mercury say flash go yeah you just can't well, and I realize, and because of the way we're doing this, it's not just that we watch the movie itself. It's a long time in between. It's over an hour and a half between when you hear them sing that at the beginning of the movie and when they sing it now. But then, of course, the way we're doing it, good Lord, it's been like six months since. Uh, oh, yeah. We... yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's my flash? Get my flash back in there. <laughs> and uh, here's a question for you, Eric. Uh, since we've started. Um, doing the recording Flash Gordon Minute. How many times have you watched a movie from start to finish? Or have uh, you? Uh, I did it, ju- I've done it just once since we started, and it was because this was a couple of months ago, my kids wanted to watch it. Uh, and so we sat down and watched it. It's the only time I've done it since we started. And I gotta tell you, it goes by so fast when you're not watching them one minute at a time and stopping to take notes uh, that way. I, I, I was like, oh, it's over already? Uh, it just it <laughs> zoomed by. 
you're like, I think we've had episodes longer than this movie. Yeah, and and it's and it was such a uh, a nice experience to just sit and watch the movie and not have to have a pen and paper in hand. I uh, and I've told this story before. I don't know if I've told it here, but I had a moment where um, the the pre- I've done a minute by I've hosted a minute by minute before. I hosted a uh, minute of darkness where we talked about the film Army of Darkness, and. Long after we finished recording it, I was watching the movie with my parents, and my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, walked in. She and she's like, "What movie is this?" She's like, "It's Army of Darkness." She's like, "Who's that?" It's like, "That's Ashley Unstoppable." And she asked a couple other questions that a six-year-old will ask, and she just stops. She looks at me. It's like, "Daddy, you know a lot about this movie." It's like, "Oh well, I did a minute-by-minute podcast, sweetie. I'm like one of this country's leading experts on this movie." And then I just stops like. Dear God, I'm one of the country's leading experts on this movie. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great, though. Be proud. <laughs> yeah, no, you are. You're proud right until the moment is like, oh, oh, yes. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, I, at one point, my, my uh, I have a niece who's a year old, so obviously she's not really cognizant of the world. But as a goof once uh, doing a Skype session uh, with her, I said something along the lines of, like, you know, your uncle does a podcast talking about Flash Gordon one minute at a time. It's just, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, well, of course, this is right. This is the right audience because uh, we, we all love our geeky stuff. You know, Eric is the people who uh, listened to our recent bonus episode. Eric got the chance to talk to some great uh, people at New York Comic Con. And, jeez, uh, Eric, just getting some great people. I gotta, I've complimented you online, but i got to do it on the air where... You got some wonderful gets at uh, New York Comic Con. As, as I uh, as I said in in the bonus episode in the intro, um, it, it didn't quite work out the way I was hoping for. The plan was to try to do a real get a ton of people talking about this movie. It didn't really quite work out that way. So uh, we'll plug the what I did end up doing, which will soon, or maybe by the time this airs, it'll already be posted. A, a couple of episodes for Brad's uh, other podcast, Cosmic Chepetto. Uh, that it has nothing to do with Flash Gordon, just uh, getting various uh, celebrities that were at Comic-Con. But I was at least able to, you know, ask at least a few of them there, as if you listen to the bonus episode. Have you seen the movie? What do you think about it? And was able to string together a little mini bonus uh, for our listeners. It was great. Well, it's just so fun um, where this is a movie, and we've talked before, where Flash Gordon was not a huge success. It, it probably made his money back a little bit in theaters. But it is one that, strangely, over time, a lot of people have so much love and affection for, including the three of us. And, you know, it, it, it's a movie that seems to have found its audience over time. And I got to imagine a lot of it has to do with some great scenes, but then just this. This is a great climax that we're sort of, you know, at the beginning of. Well, it's funny you should mention the con. Uh, I got to broadcast my show live at Dragon Con in Atlanta just a few months back, being in the Atlanta area. And uh, you wouldn't believe how much representation Flash Gordon has at Dragon Con as well. There's a lot of Flash Gordon-themed costumes uh, running around uh, in Dragon Con. It was fantastic. Oh, that's great, because I only I, I sort of wore a Flash Gordon uh, for the first time in my life. I've, I've never been a cosplay or anything, but um, I was going to be wearing my Flash Gordon shirt anyway. Uh, so I decided to put on a pair of khakis and sneakers and a brown belt and, and, and essentially go as <laughs> right. Flash from earlier right. part of the movie. And I did see one other guy wearing the same exact thing, but even uh, with a blonde wig on. 
but he was really far away. I, I couldn't get his attention. But uh, in my three days at the New York Comic Con, he was the only other person I saw uh, in Flash Gordon gear. So that's great that at, uh, the, at the one in Atlanta, that there was a, a lot more people like that. There were, and it's and it. Flash Gordon happens to be my second favorite film of 1980. You guys can probably guess what my favorite film of 1980 was. I'm, assu- <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same as same as mine. Is, is it about a certain empire doing something in revenge? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> striking, striking back of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I think we owe a lot. I mean, I was 14. It's, it was a different time in 1980. And with, I think we owe a load of thanks to George Lucas and Star Wars for a lot of the sci-fi resurgent that I'm sure you guys have talked about before. They actually, two classic sci-fi heroes came, enjoyed a come back in 79 and 80 and that was buck rogers and flash gordon buck on you know television and filmation did a great cartoon uh, on nbc saturday mornings uh, on flash gordon a full year before the movie came out and i thought it was a fantastic production too yep absolutely how great would it have been if the actually the other favorite movie would have been xanadu <laughs> <laughs> well i certainly that's another good soundtrack that's for sure <laughs> yeah music soundtrack yeah it's like no Xanadu, damn it! I'm a big Jeff Lynne ELO fan, anyway. So yeah, that's another that's another story. Getting back to the minute, Eric. So, so what else do we have? I mean, this is it's. There's actually not a ton of action. It's a just a, a neat moment between Voltan and Flash, and two very different characters and two very different actors. Yeah, we get we get a, a line from Voltan here that's sort of you know the rah rah yay for humans that you get in a lot of sci-fi when. Uh, you know, it's, it happens in Star Trek a lot, you know, where, where, you know, humanity is shown to be superior to these other species from other planets, you know. But, you know, that must be one hell of a planet you men come from, you know, just making sure, you know, yay, you know, humans, number one, all non-humans, not quite as number one. <laughs> Flash and Vulcan are really pals now that really submits it, you know, this this dialogue between them shows that they're actually, they've bonded and they're, uh, they're good buddies now and we're all happy because of it. And on one hand, it works. It, it, it works because Voltan has always liked Flash. He, he he gets him since the very beginning of the you know when they first meet, where Flash is beat, you know doing the uh, the football fighting. Uh, Voltan finds Flash right. kind of funny. He liked him from the get-go, and now now he has his respect, and he also gained his respect over the course of the movie. Right, and we know both he and Baron have both Voltan and Baron have both not liked Ming all along. They they very much dislike him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it, it tracks. This is this is actually a really nice written moment um where you know everything in this minute tracks. It's not like before where we see Dale becoming, you know, an expert, you know, acrobatic fighter. Right. Right. And then going back to being helpless a minute later. No, it's like this actually, everything in this minute sort of tracks. They have the callback to the previous line. Voltan and Flash's relationship makes complete sense where they're at, where, you know, there's a lot of like, mutual respect going on. This is a tight minute. And uh, this is a movie not known for having, for, for you know, we, we have a lazy writing list. And uh, that's fine. That's the movie. Uh, you know, if. If the plot was too tight and everything made too much sense, it wouldn't be fun. But uh, it, it, it's good that when you're having the big duke it out at the end of the movie, it, it tracks because it could be really distracting if things didn't make any sense at this point. Oh, yeah, exactly. Definitely. 
Well, you, you spoke in some of your previous minutes. You had a guest on talking about someone had the novelization to Flash Gordon, which actually included some of the color photos in the middle of the book. Yep. And uh, I never got that. I always wanted that. But I did happen to have the um, I had the gold key uh, Whitman comic book uh, that, 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 that Al Williams Al Williamson did the art for, which I thought was the definitive Flash Gordon artist was Al Williamson. Uh, they actually did the movie uh, adaptation part of the comic book. And this scene itself is represented pretty well in the comic book, uh, in the comic book as well. It was, a, it was a nice thing to have back when we didn't have a videotape to watch the movie over and over again. Photo novels of Greece and Close Encounters and all these photo novels and comic book adaptations were the only way that we could, uh, that we could relive those. And, and Flash Gordon was another one where I did. Yeah, it's a great adaptation. And, yeah, and you're right. Kids, you just don't understand. <laughs> That's right. Novelizations and comic book adaptions and all that were really important. And, oh, sometimes, I remember I had a friend who loved uh, Never Ending Story. I don't know if it was an official thing, but he had, like, not the soundtrack to the movie, but he had the dialogue of the movie recorded, and he would listen to it at, at night because he loved the movie so much, but... It was a hard movie to watch because it was just, I think it was just at the point where VCRs were out there, but they were really pricey and not everyone had it. And also a lot of movies just weren't released. Right. I think that my school was the only entity that I knew of that owned a, a video tape recorder at the time. And it was used for educational purposes. And I'm like, really, you can take that, you can take that tape like a cause audio cassette and put it in here and tapes a program off the television. That's amazing. It's never going to get any better than this. I, thought. <laughs> <laughs> I had for the black hole. I had one of the ones where you got the record that included dialogue and sound effects from the movie with a little mini book that, and pictures that you could read along. And it was the audio pulled directly from the movie. And it, was a, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't as big as a 33 and a third, but it was maybe bigger than a 45. And so I could, read, I could listen to scenes from the movie on the record as I read along in the book and looked at the pictures. And, you could, and I relived the movie that way. Well, I know the Queen soundtrack has the dialogue mixed in, and we've all yes. heard it thousands of times and love it. But it would have been nice to have had a Flash Gordon record recording of that nature, too, floating around somewhere. And I don't think there was one, to my knowledge. Uh, I, or yeah, I, I, if, or if it was, I didn't have it. Yeah, that would be nice. I would have bought it. I would have bought it <laughs> <laughs> with my own money. Hey, guys, this I saw this movie in the theater. My mom paid for my ticket to see Flash Gordon in 1980. But if I ever went to see a movie again when I was that age, I had to pay for it on my own. And when you're 13 years old, you you know you got to scrape up money here and there wherever you can make it. You guys are you're all about that. But I saw Flash Gordon the second time with my own money. I liked it that much. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's something really special. It's a shame that you know it, it's great that the movie has found it, its following and its cult. But of course, the problem is it, it took so long. And the issues that they had with some of the post-production stuff and not making... It's a shame that it didn't get the audience it should have had at the beginning because there's a lot of stories to tell with Flash. And, you know, as we'll go into a little bit later, um, this movie is definitely set up for sequels, which wasn't a gimme back then. Certainly, you're right. There wasn't. Yeah, I mean, in 1980, the only franchises i'm just thinking off the top of my head that would have had a sequel at that point was star wars and planet of the apes correct right and i guess and i guess you want to count the james bond movies in that okay too. sure james bond, yeah, yeah yeah right but yeah you're right yeah because this is this is before star trek 2 it's before superman 2 
Yeah, they were still they were still tallying up the the money from Star Trek the Motion Picture in '79 before the Wrath of Khan ever started into production. So you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at um, you know, I'm looking at the list of movies from 1980, and you know, now if you were to look at the movies that are come out in 2019, oh gosh, half of those films are going to be sequels. Oh yeah. And everything's made to be sequels. It's not like, and I'm looking, I'm seeing uh, in 1980. I'm counting two sequels, and that's 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 crazy. What's what's the one other than Empire? Superman two. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, that was 1980. Oh, okay. Yeah, All that's right. right. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that was so early. Superman two. Okay. Yeah. Well, because with Superman it was a little weird. It's something they never did. Um, but they actually filmed right. One and two at the same time, and then of course all the craziness with Richard Donner getting fired and da da da. But um, yeah, that's. That's all I'm seeing. And when was the last time you had a year where there was only like two major releases that were sequels? Probably 1980. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, because you know Halloween. Halloween came out in '78. It didn't get a sequel. I think to Lady One and Friday the Thirteenth had had not had its sequel. I don't mm-hmm. think yet. So you're exactly right. Yeah, that's amazing. But with Flash, they wanted it to be, and it just, just. And I wonder how much money this movie would have had to make. To justify that, and you know, knowing that they had some, and we've talked a little bit about it, where Sam uh, sort of was on the outs with the producers at this point, so it would, I'm sure it would have taken a lot to get him back. Uh, or oh, God forbid they would have recast. Could you imagine them trying to do like Flash Gordon two with everybody but Sam Jones coming back? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the problem. <laughs> oh, wow. It was it was a combination of the two things. It was that it just didn't make enough money. It didn't do as well as they expected to justify a sequel back at a time when there were not sequels. You really needed to make a lot of money for them to be willing to do a sequel, as opposed to now, if a movie breaks even, they might still make a sequel. And yeah, the other problem was Sam Jones had the falling out, and so it was just, uh, all right, I, I guess, you know, we didn't make enough money, and our lead, we can't recast the lead, so all right, we just won't do it. Well, uh, see if you guys will agree with me. Flash Gordon came out in 80. It wasn't the, the biggest hit, but over time, it has become such a cult classic. It's been successful in its own cult-like way that everyone loves it and has grown to love it or, or hate it, love, hate it, or whatever. But there's a couple more sci-fi movies that the same thing happened, but they made sequels to them, even though they didn't make a lot of money. One of them I'm thinking of is Tron. Tron came out in 82, didn't make a lot of money at all, but gained so much uh legs over the years that they finally did make a sequel disney did and then blade runner blade runner didn't make a lot of movie uh, money either and it was a sci-fi movie but later on as we know just uh, last year they come out with a sequel to blade runner only because those those two films gained such cult status fans over the years and demanded a sequel i was wondering why i wonder why flash gordon uh, hasn't reached that yet what blade runner had going forward is you it had great pedigree being a ridley scott film and right. also you have Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford is a huge star. Oh, yeah. So you're able to get interest in a couple of different ways. Um, with Tron, I don't know why they made another Tron. Uh, yeah, the, the, I, I'm not even a fan of the original right. one, so yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, you're completely right. If you're going to make another second Tron, why not make a second Flash Gordon? Yeah. Right. It, it's really a coin toss. And I don't know if it's because of who owned which property. Um, but, you know, it, I, get, I know, obviously, Tron had a little bit bigger star power behind it because you have Jeff Bridges, but 
you know, uh, yeah, you could just as easily do another Flash Gordon. And, st- and still could, probably, if somebody throws it out there and is wondering about doing it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all of the characters who are still alive at the end of the movie, those actors are all still around, including Max von Sydow. That's right. Uh, the, only, the only main characters where the actors are dead are Clytus and Kala, and their characters are both dead anyway. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Peter Wingard, yeah. Yeah. Clytus, yeah. Yeah. Whom I just saw in, uh, in The Prisoner the other day. We were watching, rewatching The Prisoner, and he plays number two on one of The Prisoner episodes with Patrick McGowan, and it's fantastic. He's got another voice that's just uh, just completely recognizable and awesome. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I could, what I could see, uh, and I, would, I get not doing a movie with Flash because I, I get it, but there's so many other ways to sort of continue stories now. Heck, we're only like three, four months away for, uh, past when they did that uh, YouTube series on Cobra Kai, where you were able to get everyone from uh, the Karate Kid film together. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for like a six-episode uh, six series. So it's like, yeah, they could, they could do something. I, I... Well, you know what? To that point, I mean, it's, it's you know, as we record this, uh, the Connors just premiered the other night. Uh, this, the, the Roseanne reboot, you know, Sans Roseanne. Um, you know, they're bringing back they, uh, uh, Hill Street Blues, I just read, they're going to be bringing back. Hill Street Blues or uh, NYPD Blue? Uh, Hill Street, I read Hill Street Blues. Are they bringing back NYPD Blue also? Okay, so wow. there you go. Wow, <laughs> Magnum, Magnum, Magnum P.I. is already back. Right, right. Now, that, so, now that's a yeah. reboot, though. See, right, uh, yeah. the, like the Connors is the original cast. And, you know, Full oh, House, right, yeah. Full House is very successful with its, with its original cast as Fuller House on Netflix. So, I mean, there is a big trend now because once you have one successful thing in Hollywood, everyone tries to copy it. So everyone is now going back to the well of the 70s and 80s and trying to bring all these things back. So the atmosphere is certainly there, and the actors are certainly out there. Um, I, I mean, you know, this is just three of us. You know, listen, we're three Uber fans, so this is all of our ultimate dream. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, Hollywood obviously is always looking at the at their wallet instead to make it, you know, so they're not going to care what the three of us think. But uh, the atmosphere is ripe. I, I mean, they, they could do something. Well, the sci-fi, didn't the sci-fi channel produce that Flash Gordon series that came out a few years back that was just so abysmal? Yeah, we, that's really come up, yeah, that's come up before. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I never watched it. I don't know that. I think like one or two guests mentioned that they watched a few episodes of it, but I haven't heard anyone say anything positive about it. Those, oh, those are the two guys that watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. what, what's crazy is uh, our guest last week, um, uh, Rob Pratt, um, he actually produced this amazing like animated short of Flash Gordon. And he got the actor from the sci-fi show who played Flash to voice it in the short. Oh, wow. That's uh, great. And, and was much better. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well, yeah. and also Flash Gordon works very well as an animated short because... It, it, you're able to really capture that sort of serialized feel. And also with animated stuff, you know, budget considerations are much different for animated than live action because you can make the biggest monsters and the loudest, brightest lasers and all the spaceships and everything. As long as you can draw it, it costs the same as just having characters sit there. So, yeah, yeah. But it's just funny because it, uh, universally that's just a, Pan series, and I remember when it came out, the reviews were terrible. Yeah, swing and a miss. Well, you know, well, I, I mean, my yeah. one concern 
uh, about this uh, dream the three of us are concocting here is if if it would just be um, so this was one of my favorite movies growing up and one of my favorite TV shows growing up was the A Team and they had that movie a few years ago that just I absolutely hated it was truly awful it didn't even come close to the TV show my one concern with if they ever actually were to say yeah hey, let's let's do a flesh core let's get everyone back they're older we'll have Dale and Flesh's kids Baron and Aura's kids can be in it and stuff like that would it just you know would it really live up to this you know of what we've been watching and loving for the last 35 years you know or would it just be like would it be more like an attack of the clones you know it's like oh boy well, of course, you you have to have. You guys would probably agree with the right screenwriter, with the right with the right director that would treat the material properly. It, it, it could be something really great because uh, it's it's the classic story of the hero and the villain. It's Flash Gordon. It was what George Lucas wanted to make before Star Wars, and he couldn't right. do it. So right. that's proof right there that the the story is is timeless in sci fi, and it's a, it's a great story to tell. They could do it, and it could be done well. It just wouldn't be the same. You know, they wouldn't be able to do something as campy and kitschy and silly, and they wouldn't, you're not, and we've talked before, you're not going to get Queen or anything, there isn't a band like Queen out right now. No, you're right. But, yeah, but there could still be a very good movie. I mean, you know, as we've said a thousand times during the run of the show, Guardians of the Galaxy proves you can do something fun It'll be different than Flash, but you could do something fun with a little bit of a Flash feel to it. So it's it's possible. A little bit of camp and a little bit of adventure. You're exactly right. That works. That works well. Just keep Jerry Bruckheimer as far away from it as possible. <laughs> oh, please, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> please. Or or uh, uh, Michael Bay. Or Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael Bay is looking for work. No, no. Aren't they joined at the hip? I think I thought they were. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, good Lord, Michael Bay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to break up those guys. I didn't mean. And <laughs> <laughs> before we get back to it, here's the thing. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen the ads for the Bumblebee movie. Yes, right. Yeah. Yep. And I'm just, and I just look at that, and hey, we have no idea what that's going to look like at the end. But I'm just watching this that preview. And I was like, holy crap. You mean if you remove Michael Bay, a Transformers movie can be good? <laughs> it's possible, yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Because it, it it looks really good. It's like it's hitting all the right notes, and it's like, oh, oh that's that's this. And I was a huge Transformers fan growing up. It's like oh, I wanted to love those movies so much, and I I tapped out after three. I was like, ah. Well, you lasted longer than me. I tapped out after two. <laughs> yeah. The third one I watched on like FX or something. I didn't. I, I didn't pay to see it in the theater. <laughs> You're right. Bumblebee looks. It looks really good. When I saw the trailer, I had a little hope for that. I did too. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <clears throat> All right. So Eric, what else we got? Going back to minute ninety nine. All right. So after uh, uh, Volton bails out, uh, when we finally get to see this laser shield, and I got to say, the laser shield looks absolutely awesome. And I also, one of the things I really like about it is it kind of turns the sci-fi trope of, you know, turn on the force field on its head because it's not just a force field. It's a force field that also shoots lasers. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. 
it's a force field 2.0 you know it's like double <laughs> plus good force field that's right yeah they're, they're definitely uh they're definitely going all out on this uh force field is like uh, put lasers on it but when they shoot through the force field yeah they'll shoot through it don't worry about it just fire them it'll be all right <laughs> well and I, well whoever's running the, the the lasers on the force field also have got uh imperial stormtrooper itis because i don't know how they don't hit the gigantic spaceship that's flying directly towards it <laughs> with a smoke trail which makes it obviously <laughs> easy to follow <laughs> how are we keep missing this really slow moving ship that's coming right at us and we have a thousand lasers shooting maybe maybe those guys want flash to win too maybe they do well we have called out that ming does not have a very even if they're not, even if they're trying to hit ming has obviously you know not hired the best guys the, 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 he did not pick from the top of the class because uh, throughout the entire movie they have been wildly incompetent. Yeah, it's a, and, and there's a, and this week we're going to get another one, uh, so we'll we'll get to talk about it some more. Also, yeah, there's either he's got an incredibly incompetent uh, force, or he's just got guys who just they don't have his back, and so they just don't care and they don't try. <laughs> like stormtroopers, they miss a lot of urinals yeah. in the bathroom. You're right. <laughs> Come in and mop it up. They've been in here. Okay, sorry. Uh, the only other comment I had in this minute is I, I like the shot of the Hawkman flying in behind Ajax. I, I thought it was a nice touch that Voltan, they had Voltan tell Flash what they were going to do, swoop in behind him, and now we actually see it. I think some movies would would have had Voltan say it and wouldn't necessarily then have actually shown that happen, and it's a cool shot of them all gathered behind him, following him in. Yeah, that's a great visual. Uh, you know, and We've loved sort of the V formations that the Hawkman make. Um, one, one thing that I would have loved to have seen, and where you have Voltan saying, he's like, uh, come on, Flash, I'll carry you on. It's like, I would have actually loved to see Voltan flying, holding Flash in his arms. That would have been awesome. All right, put Sam, put Sam in the harness and get him up there. Okay, here we go. <laughs> get a baby Bjorn on him. It's like, all right. <laughs> That's great. We know how actors love being on those harnesses. Ask uh, any of the guys who've worn one. Oh, man, I hear they're, they're not very comfortable. Yeah, I, I've heard that they really can crush you where you don't want to be crushed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why is Flash singing soprano now? I don't know. I remember um, Hugh Jackman when he did the first uh, X-Men movie. Uh, there was a scene where he, they had him harnessed and he like let out this really animalistic yell. And it's like, oh, that's great. It's like, I yelled because I'm hurt so bad by this harness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not acting. <laughs> This has been a fantastic minute, uh, BK. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, you're going to stay with us all week? Yes, I am. I'm glad I've got the minutes that don't include the beginning credits and the end credits. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Of course, the beginning credits of Flash Gordon are really cool, though. They are. We, we had a lot of fun talking about those. Um, BK, please uh, plug your pluggables. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys can hear me. It's BK on the air every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon on WBHF Radio at WBHFRadio.org. Or you can download the TuneIn app, and uh, we broadcast on TuneIn. And you can hear me there live 10 a.m. till noon. We talk about nostalgic geekiness, retro stuff, things of the past, and new movies, old movies, schoolhouse rock, how it was growing up on Saturday mornings and stuff like that that we all remember. It's me. It's BK on the air. Very cool. We recommend everyone check it out. Um, Eric, where can people We'll find out more about Flash Gordon Minute. Uh, chat with us on Facebook in our Flash Gordon Minute listeners vortex or on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod, or send us an email, Flash Gordon Minute at gmail.com. Uh, we ask everyone for their ratings and reviews on iTunes. The more rating, ratings and reviews we get, the more visibility and the more people that can join the fun. 
and it is a lot of fun, but it's uh, but it's not all fun. And I, uh, I tell you what, Eric, I, I got I got reason to be a little uh, a little skittish in my own house. In your own, in, in your um, a man in his own house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was, it's his castle, but I'm a, I'm a little uh, I'm a little worried because uh, my cat Mowgli and we sort of I basically have sort of gotten Mowgli during the run of this show and uh, people our, our listeners have sort of heard him grow up and uh, it's now that time that all young cats uh, must go through where it's time to take him to the uh, the, the vet to turn the volume down on this guy because he's getting a little wild so. Uh, uh, I'm just afraid of what it's going to be like when this cat comes back after what happens to him is going to happen to him because he's going to be ticked off and he's going to blame me. Uh, well, as a fellow male like your cat Mowgli, um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm so sa- scared and sad for him that I have uh, no, uh, no humorous comment at all to make. So all I will say is Mowgli, Mowgli, don't worry. Somehow... Flash will save you. Attention, listeners! Follow us on Twitter on Flash Gordon Pod. Join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Listeners Vortex. Stay tuned for the next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Thank you.